Welcome to the Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco. Hey folks, I am delighted to have with me today Res- uh, Tom Pounder, who is the creator of Encope, a recruiter, a resume writer, a LinkedIn strategist, the job search and interview coach. Back in 2011, Tom resigned from a 25-year career in business development, ops, and sales leadership to create Career Thinker. Flash forward to today, and in addition to um, doing a bit of recruiting, he and his team help hundreds of job seekers across all levels and across industries. He has shared his job search expertise live and virtually at libraries, community organizations, colleges, corporate events, and career organizations, which is how he and I got to know each other. He is a longtime board member of the National Resume Writers Association, and uh, I want to say it was maybe two years ago, he created ENCOPE, which stands for the Nationally Certified Online Professional Expert, which is a certification that helps career practitioners and many others to understand how best to leverage LinkedIn search functionality, how its algorithm impacts search, and to understand how LinkedIn is seen using recruiting software. So I wanted to have him on for quite a while because he is really my go-to for a lot of the wonky stuff that is LinkedIn. Um, So thank you so much. Well, Virginia, thank you for having me. Uh, I know um, this is a long overdue. We should have been doing this a while ago. but I know, I know, because we've known each other now for years. I know, Um, I know. So... I, did I get that bio right? Because I put it together on the fly as I was explaining to you earlier. Yeah, fine. It works. <laughs> so tell me how, or tell tell my audience how you came to be in this position, because most of us don't wake up when we're little kids and say, I want to be a career coach when we grow up. Yeah, you know, it's pers- part personal and part, you know, experience. Um, when I decided to leave corporate America, I was working in industry and a job and a company I loved making a lot of money, but it was very, very stressful. And that year, my mom had passed away on my birthday. And a couple months later, my stepdad passed away from a broken heart. I didn't know that. Those life oh yeah, changing events and being burnt out um, yeah, at the company, I just decided to make my own change, um, change my own career. And career thinker, not the name, but the concept was something I figured I would do when I retire, you know, help people move along in the career and move up and make more money and become better, um, better at what they do. And I just put that plan in, 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 in fast forward about 12 years. And so that's where career thinking came around. And wow. why that service is because during my whole 25 years of career in, in sales leadership and operations and human resources, I was always part of the hiring process and always part of the development. Whether it, I, HR was always under my hat, I was never an HR manager, but in every position, my team was my success. So I, there was a challenge. Both sides are broken, the recruiting side and the job seeker side. I always say it was broken. So I decided to go on the side of the job seeker. And here we are now, I'm doing recruiting also. So I get to see both ends of the challenge. Yeah, yeah, which is why I love your perspective um, because you do get to see both sides currently, which a lot of people don't. Um, So what are a couple of challenges that you are seeing facing those testing the job search waters for the first time? And maybe it's also... I love to hear the challenges that you're seeing on the recruiting side as well. It's um, 
uh, the biggest challenge is just getting those conversations started. Um, yeah. and, and unfortunately, you know, I, I know there's a lot of talks about the applicant tracking software systems and the algorithms behind you know, LinkedIn to help you get found. There's truth to them. I mean, the better everything's optimized, that you increase your um, odds. But I think the biggest challenge is people are just afraid to network. They're afraid to personally get out there and start conversations. I think that's the biggest challenge because we always want to hire people we like, hire people that have the right skills yeah. and have the right fit. So I think that's the biggest challenge. And what about on the recruiting side? What is the biggest challenge that you see from there? Um, well, it's yeah, it's finding the right people fit. I could do a talent search on LinkedIn and find a lot of um, people with the qualifications, but it's just finding the right fit. You know, the, you know the attitude, you know the passion about being career focused and not just paycheck focused. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge is to make sure you really spend your time knowing the candidates and hiring the right the right clients. I need to hire the right people for my clients. Um, so they, I stay in business and recruiting. So right there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I want to focus this conversation greatly on LinkedIn because you're such an expert in that. Um, so many people are afraid to sort of just jump in. Um, so what for that person who is really new to the platform, what is the most important first step to take? Because there's lots of steps in the process, right? Yeah, I, I think the most, <laughs> I guess, is um, understanding you need to be authentic. Um, but if you're starting your profile out, you know, right from the get-go, um, before I click on a profile, I see a couple things. I see a headshot. I want to see a happy headshot. We don't want to hire sad people. We don't want to hire people that look like they're very upset. And so I know this sounds kind of rude and out there, but a nice happy headshot. And that branded headline that falls beneath the name encourages me to click on your profile or not to click on it. So I need to know who you are before I visit your profile. So a great headshot and a great headline, which is a 220 characters underneath their name, is where everything starts. The branding and the conversation starts there. So that, I mean, it's funny. You didn't say, I care about your experience. You're talking about those, just this, that initial first impression, which is... Right. And the headline can have your, it should start with your top job title you're targeting, and then the rest of it's more branding and more keywords about what you do. What, I mean, then there's so many sections that one can complete on LinkedIn. Um, you mentioned the headshot and the headline. Are they, do you feel like at the end of the day, they're equally important? Or do you feel like the headshot and the headline are even more important than what you put in the rest of the stuff? It's, it's a lot of important sections. Uh, um, the areas where the keywords matter most uh, are where you want to concentrate on. So the three areas where the keywords are indexed first by the algorithms in LinkedIn, the keyword and the branded headline underneath the headshot, the keyword in your job title line. What I mean by that is you always start with the job title you're given, but you can expand that. So like if you're a general manager, well, what does that really mean? So if you put the word general manager in parentheses, put operations, human resources, sales, and safety, then again, you have more compound job title. And then the, uh, then the keywords and the skills and endorsement section are extremely valuable in getting found. Um, so that's, those things really feed the back end. And then the rest of it is like, how do we speak to the, um, yeah, more keywords and how do we speak to the human eye? So, you know, I did not know about the, uh, the keywording and the, of uh, how the, let me back up. I did not realize that the algorithm weighs so heavily what you put in the job title until I took Enco. And right. since I have been doing that, I have been, it's really, I mean, my clients have seen a really big difference. 
And again, a lot of a lot of people have job titles that sometimes don't really reflect what they actually do. So let's expand that. We have room. We have 100 characters to take the word marketing manager and give it more meaning. Um, In terms of the skills and endorsement section, where do you feel like is the best place for someone to figure out what those keywords are? Or how do you, you know, where do your writers find them? Well, we, we have some software that helps us out with job postings, but we need a target. We're, we always write towards the future. So we're going to write towards the future target. So we always ask the clients, give us three to four job postings, not 30 or 40. Right. <laughs> three or four that reflect where you see yourself going. And, you know, they have to be somewhat qualified. They might not be 100%, but if they're not really qualified for it, then at some point it's not going to work. But um, the key word starts from the target. No, and I found that the bottom part of job postings has been super helpful. Um, have you used, um, you know, how LinkedIn has, and I guess you have to be premium for it, but LinkedIn has that, uh, where you can build a resume and you can job search in the job title. And it basically gives you a bunch of keywords to include in there. Have you been using yeah. that? Yeah, I, I use that. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people, not unfortunately, a lot of people assume when they look at how, you know, they fall in, you look at a job posting and you fall into the top 10%. And they had these keywords. Sometimes those keywords aren't even a job title. It's a, a job posting. It's based on LinkedIn's database. Right. So first engineer going to the job board and going to create a resume and actually put a job title in, it gives you some top keywords. And do you use like JobScan, um, that tool to try to match the right keywords? Yeah, we use JobScan and we use um, SkillSinker. Um, oh, yeah. and, and that's just really for um, to highlight the keywords. Um, and, and then again... You got to be careful sometimes because, you know, people just try and try and get 100 on these platforms. And the, the ATS system is a little more smarter mm-hmm. um, than the, the, these keyword comparison software. So Ackerman synonyms will be counted in most cases. It's a big dictionary in the ATS system. Interesting. Well, what I like about having the algorithm weigh things heavily in certain areas is that it, it uh, doesn't encourage you to want to key stuff because it doesn't care about where they are in other places as much. Yeah, de- definitely. You know, and even when you talk about which sections are valuable. So even once you get to, you know, your job, your career history, um, you know, um, set up on LinkedIn, I, I need to know what you did in each position. What are you in charge of? Most important, how did you make impact? Where are your contributions? Where do you make a difference? What are you proud of? What are your KPIs, if you have any? Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. Um, so to me, the the part that I spend the most time with and that I know a lot of job seekers struggle with is the about section. Um, and then the headline, because, you know, they want to include, they want to have the keywords, but they always want to, they also want you to know, struggle with making it clever. Um, and that is even harder when someone has a lot of, um, you know, they have a lot a big range of skills and they maybe want to, they're not clear hundred percent on their job target. What advice can you share on that? And they want to cast a wider net. So, uh, so your first question, you, know, you have two questions there. One, so the question is, if someone <laughs> has a, a broader, a broader but, target, how do you tra- attract that? Or yeah, so and, and how do you write that in your, how do you, how do you manage that in the about section and the headline section? Well, the headline section, um, if you have two goals, if you know, a lot of goals are close together, there's a lot of synergies. But if you want to be a, a veterinarian and also be a marketing manager for a tech company, those are ways so different, very right? opposite. So it's like, you know, you have a favorite pet, you have a favorite child, you got to pick which is your top one yeah. um, and give that a little more attention. Um, but I've had, I had a client once um, that has, he was a, 
had a really great career. He was in his 60s, great career in, in uh, manufacturing and then sales. Uh, you know, he was selling the products he manufactured at one point and then he was manufacturing them. I mean, a high level um, 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 person. And again, he was flip-flopping back and forth on and off in his career. So even in the about section, we have we had a section that says my sales career. And then we had some subsections underneath that. And then we got my manufacturing career and we just made a bold and stood out. And we talked about different things. In the sales, we have a little statement about how I drive top line sales. You know, how do I secure trusted relationships to, you know, improve sales retention? On the manufacturing career, we we talked about how he increased efficiency and the quality of the products and, and the logistics of getting the products to the end user. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. It all depends, you know, again, like the, the story. Or, yeah, it depends mm-hmm. on the story and, and, and how far they apart. So, But what I hear you saying is that what, like for the guy with the manufacturing and the sales, the common thread was he really understood these kinds of products. Right. And so he's able, and, and so you found the, you found the common line and then took it from there. Right. So and typically most clients we deal with will have, you know, more of a specific target and sometimes sales and marketing overlaps. So there's mm-hmm. not, you know, there's a lot of synergies. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Uh, finance and operations synergies. does a lot too. Yeah. So there's a different way to talk in that. So, you know, we separated two careers and that's why LinkedIn now gives us 2,600 characters for the bow section. I know. I'm so happy. And I love that the 220 characters versus 120 has been wonderful. In the headline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, the other thing I really like is that you've, you, you tell a story in the about section um, and you walk the person, you walk the reader through much more than you might include on a resume at the very top. Like that summary section is much shorter on the resume than it is on LinkedIn. You have much more room to elaborate. Right. And then again, the the headline and this about section should be connected. So if you're a sales rep and you're claiming you drive top line sales, in the about section, when you have a conversation, how I drive top line sales and give me your, your sales recipe, your sales formula. You know, if you build a winning team, to tell me how you do that. So I like to take the about section, breaking down the smaller bites of great information about high level competencies that you need to get your next job done. So um, it's, it, and again, writing it in smaller tidbits because we don't like to read paragraphs anymore. We do just, not. We, don't. we do not. And um, I think I saw over 57% of all readers read it, use LinkedIn using mobile. And so um, I don't know if that's the case and you might know better with some of the LinkedIn recruiting software, if that's mobile driven as well, but you've got to write for mobile reading, which means a four line paragraph will be a seven line paragraph on a smaller screen. Yeah. Now, recruiters in general will be using a laptop or uh, you know a bigger screen when they're recruiting. But when they send the the possible candidates to the next team or the or the hiring team, anyone in part of the hiring, they typically would send them the link, and then that person will be look at the profile the first time on mobile. So mobile is going to be integrated no matter what. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. And you might not know this, but I've always been curious. Do you have any sense for how long people tend to dwell or linger in the about section? Because you really do have an opportunity to sort of provide one-stop shopping there and really tell your story, give them a place for them to reach out to you, all of that. Well, the way LinkedIn... The platform is everything's truncated. I remember years ago, everything was wide open. You had to scroll yeah. down, scroll down. Now they made that change in 2016 and maybe 2015, a major upgrade. Everyone was upset. Now it makes sense. Um, you have to get people to open the about section. So the first three lines show on a, on a, on a desktop, and I think the first 120, 160 characters, I had to look it up again. I forgot. Yeah, I forget. I think it might be 160. Show on a mobile yeah. device before you see more. So the first statement is, you know, um, 
need to be engaged in. So sometimes I started with my professional promise, my philosophy and leadership, uh, how, how, how I drive companies to build a successful team. So you want to make sure the first couple lines is really engaged in so they open up the bow yeah. section. And if yeah. it's written in a nice format, looks clean, Chris has some really engaging stories, then you get them to spend time on it. Um, so many profiles I see have three big giant paragraphs. They expect me to pour a glass of wine and spend 20 minutes on it. I'm not going to do that. No, even your own mother won't read your own LinkedIn yeah. that way. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah. So it's first you have to get them to open it and then you have to make sure it's easy to navigate. No, that makes a, that makes a ton of sense. And I mean, the way what you're saying about the first three lines, that's no different than how readers engage in every content. You're not going to read a Twitter post unless the first couple of lines grab it. You're not going to click on the articles with yeah, newspaper articles. Same thing. Right. You, you're on a checkout stand in the grocery store. You're not going to pick up a magazine if the headlines didn't grab your attention. Right, so it exactly. needs to target towards your target audience and needs to engage them. Otherwise, you're not going to open a magazine or you're not going to open a about page. Yep. No, absolutely. Um, so sort of shifting gears a teeny bit. Um, if someone is in full on job search mode, how do you recommend that they use LinkedIn? Um, what What kinds of activities do they need to make sure to incorporate into their day? Well, LinkedIn is part of our career, uh, our, uh, career marketing campaign. It's less of a job search. Social recruiting is out there. So um, you, it's part of your career campaign. So you, you, on LinkedIn, you want to obviously create job search alerts because job postings mm-hmm. are still part of your approach to apply for jobs. Mm-hmm. You want to constantly keep building your network. Uh, and again, that's relevant mm-hmm. to you, your industry, um, the company, the products, uh, the type of people, your alumni group. Build, keep building a network because the next person you connect to could be the right one. Um, you also want to target companies. Sometimes we do the job search backwards. We actually wait for a job posting and then we try to compete against everyone else to apply for. So LinkedIn could be a nurturing place. You know, pick your top 20 companies you want to work for and then start targeting the companies, being active in their brand, following the companies, turn on a job alert. There's a job alert in every company page if they post jobs on LinkedIn gives you a headway. Um, there's a lot of things you do in the back end and being engaged with the brand. So have a target list of 20 companies you want to work for based on the mission, the vision statements, the company you really desire because you believe in a product or service. Um, and then, you know, incorporate that. And then the newsfeed, you know, being part of conversations, you know, liking a post is okay. Liking the post and comments add to the story. Don't say, oh, I like your post and give them a thumbs up. Give them a reason why you liked it. So all all this back end helps the back end machine learning and artificial intelligence just drive your results forward. The um, act of following a company and turning on the job alerts, does that impact um, how you show up in a search by someone who works for that company? Well, LinkedIn has something called Spotlight in LinkedIn Recruiter. So some of the ways you could get noticed is um, Spotlight is going to say, I just did a talent search and I got 1,200 profiles that match. Way too many. I could turn on Spotlight and based on your activities, your intentions and your infinity activities, it's going to actually um, maybe say out of these 1,200 people, these 42 people are probably going to speak to you about it because they're already engaged with the brand. You're following the company. You're engaged with the brand, liking posts, commenting on posts. You created a job alert on that company's page. You're connected to at least five people, if not more, at the okay. company. So LinkedIn learns that you're already kind of connected and weaved into the company already, which is important for recruiting because a lot of people say recruiters are um, ghost um, um, job seekers. Well, lots of times job it's seekers ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's rampant. 
that's a good point to to connect. So you're you're reverse engineering the process. Let me start with companies. Let me yes. figure out some people to connect with, and let me engage on the brands. Um, yeah, because even when I recruit, if I'm looking to hire a sales rep, and I realize, oh. They're connected to people at the company ready. They know the company brand. You know, you know, they turn on a draw. I, I get to see this. So it, it gets me. It feels like a safer, a safer risk, right? Yeah, you, it's a better way to start a conversation because there's synergies there. For those people that might be listening who don't know what LinkedIn recruiter is, can you give me give them the LinkedIn the recruiter one one oh one, explain what that software is? Yeah, well, today social recruiting, um, where recruiters actually socially try to find best talent. So this job, the job search is changing. That's why I say it's a career campaign. So LinkedIn Recruiter allows a recruiter to build a talent search, just like you're going to do a, a job search. We're going to do a talent search. So we enter the um, industry, the uh, the job titles we're looking to fill, the skill sets that we're looking to find in the person, hard, soft, and and technical skills, um, geographic location, education level. Whatever we're looking for, we put in a talent search. And if you know what you're looking for, you could build a talent search in eight minutes. I do it all the time. Um, to build, you know, to get all these resumes and database, get the job posted, approved, that takes weeks on end. The larger the company, the longer it takes. So social recruiting is a quicker method to get some possible candidates. So I hit enter and I get a list of candidates that fit my search criteria. Typically way too many at first. I go back in and make the job search a little stricter. And okay. a lot of the keywords and the key data, because LinkedIn is nothing but a big database until mm-hmm. people meet, then it becomes social. Um, so we want to make sure you have the right keywords and the data points and the stories in your LinkedIn profile to help you get found. And then I go through that list. And what I see in that list, this is why the headshot is important. I get, I narrow down a list, maybe to 100 possible candidates. What I see in that list is your headshot and your headline first. So engagement, engagement, engagement. And then once I decide to click on your profile, then I start learning about you. So again, we get the algorithms or we get the ATS systems and the resume. So we do have software that's part of the process. That's part of the process, um, yeah. It's, and again, it, you could get around it by networking, but at some point, there's going to be a computer system somewhere. Um, and then I go through that list and I start looking at the profile and I say, okay, I like Amy, I like Steven, I like um, Gerard. And then I start contacting these people for a job interview. And then are there other, at least in Recruiter, sort of the biggest platform of all of them, um, a recruiting platform, I'm sure there's others. Um, do you have any sense for the percentage? Well, because I, I know LinkedIn is a main place where people look for talent. Yeah, and the thing is just where they look too. If I get a resume, like two companies that we recruit for, they they have a job they have job boards. One uses um Indeed, the other one uses ZipRecruiter. You know, so there's some there's some um, software there also. But if I get someone's resume, like it automatically looks on LinkedIn too. It's just a deep. That's right. Yeah. Either way, you're right. Regardless yeah. of the platform, they're always going to check you out on. LinkedIn. They're always going to check you out. I mean, and again, there's some other software programs out there. There's actually some other sites like LinkedIn that then they don't have the deep reach. Um, you know, and sometimes even like an Indeed, I can search for resume. So it's kind of the same concept in some way. Very good. Can you hear my puppy whining in the background? I'm trying to keep her quiet during this. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, good. I have my my uh, noise canceling software, but she's driving me crazy. Um, okay, so pet peeves. I you look at people on LinkedIn all the time. Is there something that drives you most nuts about what you see on the platform? Wow, I wish we had another hour. I know, right? Um, Pick top top <laughs> no, one or two. In, in, initially is um you can tell when someone's taking the linkedin very too casually it, it's not a casual thing anymore it's a really it's, it's if you're going to be on it take advantage linkedin is giving this amazing tool to help you 
pull your career forward in many times, use it. So don't be lackadaisy about it. So, you know, if someone, uh, I, I, I need, and I need to see, I, I expect to see a headshot. I expect to see a headline that's targeted. Um, some people say looking for a job, that's not a headline. And then I want to learn about you. So don't, don't forget to, you know, don't leave yourself off the profile. You're not a job title. You're not a skill. It's what you do in those, in those, um, with those skills and what you do with those job titles. So I want to learn about you. So I guess that's my biggest pet peeve. I don't learn enough about people. Yeah, you know, when when I, when you and I both started writing, um, it was really common for people to just describe themselves in the third person yeah. or cut and paste the resume. Um, and I, I don't see any industry where that's valuable anymore. I feel like it's the norm across all of them now, even the most conservative ones. It's okay to include your voice in there. Talk about yourself in the first person. Yeah, especially in, in, in the about section, you know, and yeah. even with the LinkedIn, I, I, I closely match your resume, but you get some personal pronouns, add some more of storytelling, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so when you say taking it casually, you're talking to those people with skeletal profiles that... Yeah, I, I look at a profile, someone that they have 20 years experience, I, I see three jobs and job titles, and that's it. So, yeah. you know, I want to hire people that are going to make things happen, that, ha- that have been successful in many different ways. You know, Now, when I say successful, it doesn't mean you have to build a company that did $15 billion, but you are part of any type of success in any company. Yep, no, absolutely. Do you think that applies when people work at um, sort of industry leaders? Do you feel like they get more of a break on being able to be a little bit casual because it's common for people to search according to competitors or not really. I, I didn't quite get that question. I'm so sorry. I guess let's say you are a, um, I don't know, a pretty high up person at Coca-Cola. You know, you're an industry leader in that particular niche. So I would imagine if I was a uh, competitor, the first place I would look for someone is I'd try to poach them from the competition. So all I'd have to do is search company name, title, and then I don't know that having that deep of a profile would be as important because I know this person works at the top of the top kind of thing. Right, yeah. And again, yeah, um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of executives that seem to bounce around every two years and they're yeah. leaving a trail of um, burning buildings behind them um, because <laughs> they don't succeed. So regardless, if I'm going to speak to anyone, I want to know some of the top successes. Okay. Successes are what they bring to the table, even the, you know how they operate. The core values is important to me. But you'll yeah. you'll find some extremely high level C suite executives are being a lot more vague on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. They sometimes have a different job search, especially in a Fortune one hundred company. So it's, LinkedIn is great for the masses, but sometimes there's some exceptions that. It's yeah, no, a, the tippy top of the tippy top, I think maybe can. Right. Have a different little bit of set of separate different right. different circles. Yeah, like, <laughs> Elon Musk could get a, a yeah. job interview with his phone number. And yeah, asking. exactly, exactly. I We've also Elon Musk's resume. Certainly wouldn't cast by ATS. Well, I bring bring his name up because Elon Musk, there was was an article going around, you know, you only need a one-page resume because look at Elon Musk. He doesn't need a resume. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. I saw one, somebody posted recently, this week on LinkedIn about, it was a guy who's worked at Microsoft for years. He said, this is the resume I used. And it was, I mean, it was a beautiful one-page resume. And then you know, everyone was like, oh, let me see it. Let me see the template. And then in like comment number 32, it said, they said, well, someone asked, well, you know, how, did you, did this work when you applied online? He's like, oh, I've never applied online. I've always tr- worked to get in front of the person. Yeah, um, 
then I was like, well, you sort of buried the lead there <laughs> that the network yeah. and who you knew is what really mattered there. So, well, no, because sometimes I see some really, really bad resumes and they've had a successful career. And I right. said, well, how did you find it? One of my intake questions are, how did you land this job? Oh, I knew someone who knew somebody. Well, I got recruited, I got pulled in. Mm-hmm. So, lots of times the resume and even the profile in those situations um, aren't as relevant, but you don't yeah. know when those, those things are. Never know. And, and this guy's LinkedIn was fabulous. It was just his resume that. It would never work unless he had a, a plethora right. of inside connections. Um, so I want to ask you about discrimination because it's, you know, it has always been an issue. It's certainly been in the news a lot, um, but there's all sorts of discrimination when it comes to hiring practices, right? There's age, there's ethnicity, there's gender, all of it. Um, on LinkedIn, uh, what I've seen is it manifests in people being nervous to to include things like their headshot or their graduation year or um, you know, stuff like that. And I'd love to, to hear your take on how you've helped clients to deal with those barriers on LinkedIn specifically. Well, in general, with the barriers in general, um, you know, if you feel you're too old, you, you feel you can't do the job for some reason, then your body language, your actions, the tone of your voice tells people that up front. So, you know, so when it comes to age discrimination, we all who we are, we, we really can't change much about it. Just yeah. own it. You know, take the best picture you can. I used to have a picture on LinkedIn. I wouldn't really didn't make me feel good. And the picture I have right now was on a cruise ship and I got sucked into one of those photo shoots, the black and white photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. and I didn't realize. I love the picture. Me and my husband go to after this photo shoot the next day and it's like, you know, for the whole package, $8,000, we almost threw up, you know, <laughs> and then we bought the least amount of package and we right. still got to off. But we came out with some really good headshots we, we like. So get something you feel good about. You know, you don't have to go to professional headshot, but sometimes it's amazing what they could do. But beyond that, I want to see a happy person who's who's comfortable in you know in putting himself out there a little bit. I know it's difficult, um, and there's going to be age discrimination. There's going to be weight discrimination, mm-hmm. you know, red hair, you know, gender, and sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. I've done a lot of hiring, and interviewing, and I call myself sometimes, you know, being unconsciously biased without really realizing. And I step back and says, "Why didn't I call her back? Or why didn't I call him back?" And, you know, and then I, I corrected myself and in turn out hiring some great people. So unfortunately, I don't think it ever, ever go away. We're getting better at it. Um, we just have to get those conversations started. Once we start those conversations and people like you based on what you bring to the table, that's, that's um, yeah, I, no, I, right agree. I didn't give you the right answer. No, you did. You did. Because what I took away is sort of when it don't shy away from putting the picture because you can't change your your gender, your age, or your, or your the color of your skin. That's yes. um, you can't change it, but the mood can off the mood or the tone of the picture can. Oh, definitely supersedes yeah. some of that other stuff. Um, I mean, I, I've seen some real, really attractive people. At least I thought they were attractive, but they look sad and mad and pissed off. And, and again, you know, it's the quality of your feeling in the picture that yeah, matters more yeah. than anything. I'm telling you, so true. It's so true. Do you have you do you, have you ever been on photo feeler? Yeah, yeah, I actually use it myself. I thought, yeah. I thought it was interesting. And again, everyone has reacts differently to a smile, different to a picture. You know, if you don't have a picture, I automatically assume you're not comfortable with speaking and meeting people, and you don't have to put yourself out there. And so, what happens with that, as a recruiter's point of view, well, if you're in a customer facing role, you have to get on a Zoom call, you're not even sharing your headshot. Sometimes even that can cause some unconscious bias. Well, you're right. And if you don't put things out there, then people are left to fill in the blanks and people don't know you. They, yeah. fill a bit, yeah. they can fill in the blanks wrong. Um, but I love Photo Feeler. It's free for the first, what, one, at least first picture. And you can go submit it and 
a bunch of people get to weigh in on your picture and they get, you get like an aggregate score. Um, so at least you could tell if people by and large think that it's a happy picture. Right. So no, I like that. Um, so aside from a LinkedIn profile, is there a job search tool that you feel like someone, you know, a person that is embarking on this journey can absolutely not be without or can't be without? Well, I think I went over this in Encope. You know, the the Google had like a secondary search engine within Google. Um, you could create these really booming search strings and really get a, rid of a lot of white noise and get a lot of great results in one place. You know, there's over 200, jo- not 200, probably close to 600 job boards out there. And you'd be surprised when you do these booming deep searches on Google, you can get um, – a, a wide range of results from job boards you never heard of. You can aggregate, um, yeah. So I know we went through that practice in Encorp, and that, I think that's a powerful tool. Um, and then it's just, you know, the other tool is your network. You know, one of the things I teach people on LinkedIn, where are they now? And I just was coaching a client yesterday during our closeout call. I told her, where are they now? She worked at some company for 20 years. I said, well, where are the people that used to work at a company? Where are they now? So we did a company search a people searching the company and we looked at people that used to work at the company, not that currently work at the company. And there was over 600 people that worked at the company that someplace else. And we started going through these places where these people used to, used to work at the same company. Where are they now? And there's like five companies on our target company list. And the great part about that is the synergy. You had the war stories. You had the great stories about mm-hmm. the company you work together at, whether you work side by side or not, is, is really irrelevant. Um, and so it's a great way to start a conversation. And if they work at, work at a company that you, you want to work for now, wow, how powerful is that? So what I'm hearing you say is the, the power of searching and filtering is the best tool that you can have, whether it's oh, yeah. Google to find out what what are the important things to find in job search, job postings, um, find out companies that are hiring and to, and to find people. Yeah, I mean, it's just so I can't, I, I'm amazed at how much power the job seeker has to find information. The challenge is there's so much information that so when we start looking yeah. at things, we get overwhelmed. Uh, yeah, I do a search for a marketing manager in New York City and it's just, you know, 2,300 jobs. You freak out. You need to narrow down the information and start from a smaller group and then expand. Otherwise, you get so buried in yeah. looking and reading stuff that you just wasted four hours. And that's the biggest but, thing we could bring to our clients. I agree. but I, And I think from a job seeker's perspective, we do have access to so much more than we ever did before. I mean, the, it's the world's greatest CRM, LinkedIn is. Oh, yeah. Like right now, if I was going on a job interview, uh, I stopped interviewing a couple years ago. I went on two interviews a year just to practice what I preach and preach I what I practice. So and then I, I, what I used to do, I used to go on LinkedIn and the person who's interviewing me, the CEO of the company, I used, I used to search him on LinkedIn and I say, hey, Sam, I realize you just joined um, you know, Anderson Windows two years ago. What made you transition to this company and what do you like about it? There's so much information, so many reasons we should be on LinkedIn to learn about people who are going to work for and companies. It's amazing what LinkedIn could do. Oh, yeah. No, it's the best place, like you said, to find people that you might have common connections with and find people that you want to know and see if you can't come up with a common, some commonality, whether it's a common person or common interests or um, just good questions to ask them. Right. And I, I was doing a um, job coaching with a client um, the other day. And I says, you know, after um, during the, um, during the, um, coach, um, the mock interview, I asked him, well, what do you know about me? You know, and I was pretending to be the HR manager. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't answer. And during, after the, when we started doing reviewing the, the mock interview, I said, well, why do you search out the HR manager? Why do you search out your next course on LinkedIn, learn about them? He says, I don't want them, look, I don't want them to know I looked at their profile. And I said to my client, I said, yes, you do. That's, that shows that you prepare that for an interest, interview. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you do research. And that's important. 
So yeah, um, I think there's a lot of education around how doing that doesn't make you a social media stalker. Yeah, no, it's not. Absolutely. Not, 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 any, not any career, you know. No, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so to close things out, you have, I think I rattled off six different job titles. You're on the board. You're teaching the ENCO class. Um, you've had a lot on your plate for the past couple of years. What is on your radar for 2021? What's next for you? Well, 2021, uh, I'm working on some programs where we could um, tap into a bigger audience. Like what I'm doing right now, I, I would I just love teaching about it and going to a deeper dive. So I'm trying to um, create uh, some programs out there where um, I can offer some great insights, uh, some great lessons, know-hows, techniques, best practices that can make a big impact. We just uh, had a... a a webinar on LinkedIn getting noticed in 2021, and we had a good turnout, and people were just so shocked at what they didn't know about LinkedIn. Um, and that's that's what you know I want I want to do. I will concentrate on, on getting the the you know, how LinkedIn is powerful for your job search. That's awesome. Um, so if people want to follow you and want to keep tabs on on these programs coming down the road, I've in in your bio I've included your LinkedIn URL and then your Career Thinker website. Is there another place where they should? Any other site you want to mention? No, based on LinkedIn, I, I spend, you know, I'm on other platforms than on Facebook and Twitter, but I, I spend my time um, in um, LinkedIn because that's where I can make the biggest impact. Okay, awesome. Well, Tom, thank you so much. I always, I always learn from you. I so appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I can't believe it's um, half hour. No, <laughs> years in the making. <laughs> All right, we have a great week and I wish 2020 a lot of success and happiness. Thanks. You've been listening to The Resume Storyteller with Virginia Franco. To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online skim hiring and decision makers, please visit www.virginiafrancoresumes.com.